Yep. I mean, you're always a little weird, Great. so why not make it weird? <laughs> You know. <laughs> oh my goodness. Hey, it's good to be here again um, with you all. I'm sitting here with my friend, Raina Fryer. She happens to also be the Senior Director of People and Learning at Titus Talent. So um, she hasn't always been my friend. Um, I pay her to be my friend in this rare occasion. Usually I don't have to pay my friends, but I do in this one. But um, it's good to be sitting here with you, Raina well. Fryer. Okay, what is your story? My, my whole story or my story oh, says Titus? That? You know, my how do you interpret that? How oh, would you describe goodness. yourself to somebody? There you go. Okay. Well, how I would describe myself to somebody. That is harder than what is my story. I know, I'll just go with what is my story. No, I have been with Titus now for yeah. just over two years. And my journey to getting here has been, I would say, a little long. I was interviewing with all of you for a partner um, a few years back. And I was actually placed with the partner. I loved everything about Wait, we recruited you to go to one of our clients? You did. You did. You did. Okay. You did through Chris Amachi and Peggy Swenson, my first introduction to Titus. So being recruited That's by cool. those two individuals. So I was placed at a partner. Absolutely loved the experience I had as a candidate. And I've been interviewing and recruiting for a very long time. Yeah. So I thought, wow, what a fantastic process. And so when I went to work for this company... We actually continue to use you as a partner, both on the predictive index side as well as the recruiting yeah, side. Yeah, cool. And then when I started to get a little bit antsy, I kept tapping on the door asking you all when I could be hired. Yeah. So that was my journey to Titus. Um, but my journey in and of itself is just always wanting to be around and work with people. I love helping people find their passion in yeah. life, personally and professionally. And so every position I've ever had has been with people, people yeah. development, recruiting, training, um, facilitating big conferences back in the day when yeah. I used to travel all the time. But anything where I can be around people and help them find their passion is really really my fulfilling for me. I love it. I love yeah. it. Okay. So we were talking the other day about leadership Yeah. and I said, I was talking about, said something about leadership. Hey, hold on a second. Leadership is influence. That's it. Yeah. You know, um, which I do agree with that as well. You know, the, the ability to influence other people is, uh, those are the ones who are really leading. Um, and, uh, what, when you look back on your career, mm -hmm. um, can you think of somebody who has been a really, really great leader in your life? Yes. I've, I think I've had a number of very strong leaders and all for very different reasons. Yeah. They just had different qualities and characteristics that would, I think, sing to them individually. So yeah. the, kind of that unique ability that every person has, each person's carried something a little bit different for me. Uh -huh. I would say one of my first very influential leaders um, worked at a company called CPI. His name is Al Jean Karalia. And he just was the first person to ever give me really direct feedback, knowing that I wanted to grow. He would just say, that what needed to be said. And it was never uncomfortable. He would just say, I just want to give you some feedback. Is that okay? And I'll be like, yes, of course. I want to grow. I want to get better. Okay. And then I think more recently, my professional coach that I've been seeing for five or six years, his name is Tom Dibsky, um, absolutely fantastic leader. And I think for him, very similar thing, just that direct nature, wanting yeah. to help, always asking the right questions, um, taught me that it's pull, not push people to where you want them to be. Yeah. How do you pull them with you? Oh, that's cool. That was so eye-opening. So I think those two really stand out to me as strong, influential leaders in, in my career. Go back to the first one. Chris? Yeah. Chris? Um, Elgin Crawley. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, Chris, Elgin, same, very close. I, very, very close. Very close. Um, <laughs> <laughs> great leaders listen. That's one of the things. That, um, okay, go back to LG. What, um, what was some very 
disappointed? Can I give you some coaching or give yeah. you some ad advice? Or what was something that was like, oh, I remember that one. It's funny because we were talking about it before the podcast where I said, oh, when I sit in a chair, I tend to wiggle a little bit. Uh -huh. We were in a meeting. It was a high-level meeting. I was getting expo exposure to high-level leaders for probably one of the first times in my career. And after the meeting, he said, I just want to let you know that something that just can look a little flippant is when you're sitting here and seeing your seat instead of giving people your full attention. He's like, so I would just ask that you sit and fidget a little bit less. It just might read wow. a little bit differently. It was something that simple, just something that simple. And I catch myself doing it and think, oh, there's Elgin in my head. <laughs> you know, wow. don't fidget in my seat. So That's something cool. that small. So recently I was uh, a part of a conference that you were at and I you was. spoke at it and you spoke on the topic of courageous candor. Yes. Or candor. Candor. Um, yes. Tell, like, how did you introduce this topic? Where did it start for you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we've started talking about it at Titus probably six to eight months ago, maybe even a little longer when I was reading a book called Radical Candor. Yeah. And we started talking about the idea that we can, in a lot of organizations, I'm not speaking Titus specifically, but we can create these sensitive cultures where if you give somebody information or feedback, what I like to call guidance, as yeah. you know, if you're giving somebody guidance that it's hurtful to them and we need to be able to give people feedback because yeah. you're going to grow from feedback. So I think it just really came from this, this idea that we have to get past ourselves a little bit. All of us have places to grow. It doesn't matter yeah. if you're two years into your career, four minutes, or I don't want to yeah. say how many years into my career, 20 that yeah. I am, that we can all get better at something that we do. And we have to be okay giving that feedback yeah. and we have to be okay receiving it. So I think it just came up in conversation and we started to like really hit it home through the, the so progress. Why, why do you think uh, you were asked to speak on this topic? Well, I've been in, you know, I love to say HR, right? I love to be in HR. So I've been in an HR position for quite some time. And I think that when you look at an HR individual, you, you know that person has to deliver difficult feedback because you're called into a lot of employee situations that are difficult or sensitive or yeah. benefits conversations that can be really uncomfortable. So I think it's almost like this natural thing to be a coach in HR. And as a coach, yeah. you have to give difficult feedback or sometimes you view it as a counselor and counselors oftentimes give difficult feedback. So I think that's why. All right. I would. I, I mean, I'm making an assumption here, but so, I think that's why. Okay. I think. All right, let's test this one out. <laughs> Can, are you open to some uh, feedback? Sure, no, I'm, I'm ready. Okay, John. No, I won't do this. On, let's on just do it publicly. Why not? I'll just get it, it out of the way. Get it out of the way. Um, can I talk? Can I ask some personal questions? Sure. Okay. So earlier, you told me and shared some news about your husband. Mm -hmm. um, how he's just gone through a big life change. Yes. Um, give the little small story. <laughs> <laughs> for the sake of everybody else. Sure. Because um, I want to probe around on that a little bit. Okay. Do you want me to tell the story about the fact that my husband retired and I didn't get to celebrate with him? That one. Oh, right that there. one. Yes. Yeah. So my husband has been talking about retirement for a little bit. He is a firefighter, lieutenant firefighter, and is now at the end of his career with the fire department. He will still do something, you know. Yeah. The man can't sit at home. So his last day. His was... last day was yesterday morning at 8 a.m. Mm -hmm. And I was feeling some kind of way. And I wasn't quite sure what the feelings were that were bubbling up. And I slept on it after being a little bit prickly. Prickly is a prickly. good word. Okay. The night before. And then I realized this morning that I really was just feeling like I didn't get to have the closure on the chapter. So I walked out of our bedroom, he always gets up an hour earlier than I am. I walk out and I say, 
you know why I was feeling so hurt and frustrated is because I feel like I didn't get closure on that big chapter of our life because your job is, I mean, it yeah. supported our family and yeah. I feel like I didn't get to be a part of that. So I'm saying this in tears, but it's yeah. important that he hears it from me to understand. Yeah. I don't want to be the person that's silently angry because uh -huh. it never gets you anywhere and it just causes totally. more frustration. So yeah. I had the opportunity to be radically candid and courageously candid this morning. Oh, it was I love lovely. It. it was lovely. Sorry, I had to go there because <laughs> I was thinking, I mean, that is a real, yeah. it's easy to say, stand up on a stage and talk about something. But what actually gets where I worked in private, mm -hmm. like that is the real test. And like, like those are the, those are, if I look back on my, my darkest moments, my biggest failings as a leader, it'd be those things that I, it's the stuff that's contrary to what I've said in public. Sure. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah. like that is pain. I think uh, every leader feels that way. The yeah. things that you're like, oh, I should have said that or I should have done that differently. Those yeah. little bubbles up for us. Yeah. And I think you're known as this radical, candor, courageous, candid person, mm -hmm. in our, well, especially in our environment. And for our clients who get coaching on how to do yes. this better, how leaders need to get coaching on how to do this better. I think a lot of leaders feel like, oh, I'm really self-aware. <laughs> I hear a lot, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, so, very I'm self so self aware of I'm how like, well, aware I am. Okay. Yeah. You might be more self aware than some people, sure. but every one of us has blind spots. Yeah. And so the definition of a blind spot is you can't see it. That's right. So you need somebody in your life to actually be really candid. To I think tell you always. Any blind spot that I have, any weakness that I've ever articulated that I have, mm -hmm. it's probably because somebody told me. I'm sure of it. I didn't come to my own conclusion. Going, you know what? I did some self-reflection. I think yeah. I'm really weak in this area. Mm -hmm. It's actually because somebody was honest enough and loved me enough and cared for me enough to sure. tell me the truth and say, you're ugly. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no one said that. Right. Ever. I mean, I don't, I don't think that there's... Most people would say that they heard something... Um, about themselves from another person. And yeah. then it's, I think the most important thing is to then catch yourself in it yeah. so that you don't have to have that person repeat it over and over. I mean, my husband yeah. once told me I was particular and I was like, well, what does that mean? He's like, yeah. oh, well, if I move something on the shelf and it's two inches too far to the right, you're going to go back and move it. And I didn't even realize I was doing it. It was just this habit of, I'm going to put that thing back where I would like that thing to put back. <laughs> and I've had to learn over time to leave a dish in the sink. I'm sure Ron yeah. loves that as well. So I sometimes leave, dish leave dishes in the sink, but it's amazing that it took somebody telling me I'm that exacting to just learn I had to just leave it be, let it go. So, okay, this is, I think, probably one of these big, big areas that we can all grow in, in being candid with mm -hmm. one another, because I care enough, so I'm going to help you grow. Yeah. How do you be a create an environment where you're a recipient of radical candor? Well, the biggest mistake people make when they are attempting to be candid is giving guidance or feedback before they've built the relationship. Mm. And so you have to create an environment where people feel safe, where you're building the relationship. I wouldn't walk up to you the first time I've met you and be like, I really hate that color on you. I wouldn't, yeah. you know, I'm not going to say something like that. It's having the relationship that allows you to give the guidance and feedback in a way that's less yeah. hurtful because a the person then knows that you're looking out for them. You're saying it because you have a true care. You love to word the, use the word intentional. I love that word. Mm -hmm. It's intentional care for the person to tell them something. Uh -huh. I mean, we gave the silly example of, oh, spinach in your teeth yep. or the toilet paper streaming off your foot. And that's silly. It's, it's the things that will... Those are silly examples, but the things that are important to someone, you have to say them yeah. so they can get better. But you have to create the environment of safety and the relationship has to be there before you can 
They have to trust you. Totally. Yeah. No, this is really yeah. good. You just remind, you know, you said it's a silly example. I was walking off a plane in the last month and there was <laughs> this lady in front of me had like probably seven foot oh, of no. toilet paper coming out of her, her pants. And were you courageously candid? Well, first of all, I wanted to take a photograph of it, but I actually typed her walking up the ramp out of the airplane. I said, ma'am. Um, I said, I just want to let you know. And I told her, and she said, oh, my gosh, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, well, I took some pictures. I, and I said, yeah. I'm kidding, I didn't. Um, but uh, I said, if I was a little bit younger and less mature, I, I, would, have, I would have taken I would have pictures, yeah. She goes, well, thank course. you for not. And I was like, <laughs> anyway, but I think, you know, we definitely need people in our life who are going to be just bold and say yeah. something, like to help us not feel stupid or embarrassed. But also uh, just creating those environments where people actually feel comfortable mm -hmm. as leaders. How do leaders create environments? And one of the ways is talking about about their weakness. Mm -hmm. If you talk about your weakness, the people go, oh, my gosh, you know, he knows. Yep. Like, because the thing is, when you don't think you have blind spots or you don't think you have uh, deficiencies in your character, mm -hmm. people around you who work with you know it. Right. They're talking about it. So They're why like, not just oh. put it out there and be open about the fact yeah. that we're going to work on it together? Yeah, totally. And... In our organization, too, we do a really good job of saying we're going to give feedback and guidance. I think that's the other way to create the environment. Yeah. Just say, we're going to do this. Just so you know, this is not some secret ploy. We're going to be more yeah. courageously candid. We are going to help grow you and coach you and give yeah. guidance so that when you receive it, you know that it's coming out of a place of we care yeah, about you. Totally. So we talk about it. We don't do it behind closed doors. We're right. all working together to get better. I think you know one of the things we do is, you know, sitting on our senior leadership team and to be able to say, hey, at this table, we're going to be really radically honest with yeah. one another and it's not always going to feel comfortable and it's it goes every direction. Mm -hmm. There's not like a hierarchy here. Um, I, th I was thinking back to a few years back with our executive team. I asked the question, I said, that's so Jonathan, I roll, fill in the blank. You know, like, what do people say in the negative way about me? You're not going to ask me to do that right now, are you? Yeah, go no, ahead. No, no, no. Um, prove mm -mm, it. No, mm -mm. but you can. And oh, this is good. <laughs> no, no. But there is, Don't you know, there is, right? Direction. There is a that's so Raina. Yeah. And there's that's so Jonathan. Yep. And it's the stuff that the idiosyncrasies that they're humorous. Yeah. But they're also irritating. Sure. Like the, those things, when we get to that point, it's like, hey, fill in the blanks for me. That's so Jonathan. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just part, we just have to deal with it because that's who he is. Yeah but it's quite hard to work with. Mm -hmm. But I, at no, least they told you, yeah. right? So just at least knowing that people are aware of it and you're thinking, okay, I can still work on that yeah. and you can help me work on it. Yeah. And then yeah. to then, I, mean, I said that to you know, a couple of individuals, just in one-on-one, I hate you feel about, help me out here. I want to know what my blind spots are. And then go to the next meeting. I'm like, hey, one of you kindly pointed out a blind spot I didn't see. <laughs> and I want you to yes. know, I am starting to notice it. And I'm going to be working on it. But if you catch me doing this stuff, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. So like tell for me. me it was, for me, it was humor. Like I, yeah. you know, sarcastic, which is I can defend. Oh, you're not sarcastic. I can all. say, oh, it's very British. It's very British. <laughs> like as if there's this like curtain or a wall yeah. around me. Where I'm not touchable because it's my cult. You, know, like, nah, mm -hmm. you can't hide behind this. It's, it's demeaning to people. It cuts them down in front of the people, you know, all those kind yeah. of things. So I'm like, oh, man, I'm really going to work on that. We fall back on that a lot. I mean, I, I used to do a lot of training with people in terms of the way they interact with others and how you act will influence the people around you. Yeah. And that was a fallback a lot. Well, I'm just sarcastic by nature. Okay, but how is that reading to the people around you? How are you influencing right. the people around you? So maybe yeah. that's part of who you are, but yeah. recognize the response of the people in the yeah. room.
And then the defensive, like, well, they shouldn't get offended. Well, they sure. So we blame on Telling everyone. them how they should Everyone feel. else should, you know, I'm like, sure. hey, if you want, that's fine if you want to be that person, but you're not going to grow as a leader in our organization unless you keep being intentional yep. about growing in these areas and finding those blind spots because... So I think there's a part here about blind spots and candid, being radically candid mm -hmm. and uh, really working together with those things, creating environments where you can receive it and yes. being somebody who's courageous mm -hmm. and candid with one another. And if you yes. need help on that, how can somebody get hold of you? <laughs> oh my goodness, we're gonna blast all my information now. I mean, get a hold of Titus. I think there's so much that we're doing right now in terms of expanding our services. And one of the things we've been doing a lot is creating more content around what I would say is our expertise. We're in the talent space, we're a yeah. talent strategy organization. And I think what we do well is train others on how to take what I think we're doing well as an organization yeah. and bring it into their own. So get a hold of us if you're interested in some development for your employees and how do you create this culture where feedback is cool. a gift love it yeah who i asked our whole company this today um not not for me personally i said ask somebody who's one person that you think i should know i'll ask it in a different way who's one person you think i should interview here on this podcast i mean i told you tom dipsky i mentioned his name earlier but yeah. he is he has been my professional coach for many years and there's just something so unique i think again about a some somebody who comes in that you hire to be your coach who's so comfortable giving you feedback and helping you grow and they have no skin in the game. I yeah. mean, you're paying them. You're showing up when you want to, and yeah. you're going to leave that meeting doing or not doing the things they've asked you to do to grow yourself. Yep. But that individual is somebody who um, just pulled me to a new place in my career because they were so willing to push me and say that you can do it. I yeah. just, I think just had that belief in me, just barely knowing me had the belief that if I did the right things, I could, I could move myself ahead professionally and personally. Uh, I just, man, that that thing right there about belief in me, that somebody who's committed to you, yes. they believed in you and they're going to help you, but it's on you. Yeah. Like like a fitness coach. Yeah. You know, I can hire the best fitness coach in the world if I, if I don't show up or I don't do the work or I'm not yep. disciplined afterwards. I can't go, they suck as a coach. I mean, a great professional coach isn't going to say, hey, 80 pa you know, an 80 session package is a way to go here because usually when you're coaching on something, it's, it's, it's a limited time from you're working on something. Yeah. So you got to put the work in yeah. and they're, they're not, they shouldn't be chasing you. You know, you're setting up your next totally. appointment. Mm -hmm. So Tom, Dipsky. Dipsky, yes. Dipsky. Mm -hmm. Okay, you have to send me that information. Make the introduction. I'd love to have Tom here. I will. Here. I will do that. Um, but uh, all right, Raina Fryer, it is so good to have you on you. this podcast. And I will see you whenever I see you next. But it's good to be here. <laughs>